What's going on, boys and girls? Welcome to yet another episode of Pittsburgh Baseball Now's very own podcast, or better known to the Cool Cats as Two and a Half Gringos. Um, we're starting the week a little slow. Uh, Sunday kind of messed everything up with me at the stadium and me just being dog tired and didn't really feel like looking at a computer for any longer. But we are back and we're going to talk some Pirates baseball. I know it's a little cringy. Uh, when you hear that word recently, and we'll get into why very soon. But I have to introduce my boys, my co-hosts, Anthony Murph, Dog Murphy, and Nola Jeffy. We'll start off with Big Bear. Murph, how you feeling, buddy? I'm feeling pretty good, feeling pretty good. I um, was lucky enough not to get, get to watch that game today, so so that's that's a win for me. Poor Danny D, man. He was at the stadium today. Yeah, uh, man. I, I, I feel for all of the media people who cover, cover that, cover that team on the day-to-day basis. I will, I will, stay firmly down in the minors in the meantime. <laughs> all right, all right, man. Nola <laughs> Jeffy, Louisiana Ted, how we feeling, man? How you doing? Feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good. Lot, lot going on lately, but you know. I unfortunately started watching the Pirates game, but then that Van Meter error happened, and I was like, nope, I'm done. We will get into some Van Meter very, very soon. Um, as we all know, the Pirates uh, got obliterated, or should I say Steelers, 14-2 uh, to two, uh, against the Falcons. I mean the Braves. Um, the St- I mean Pirates got a safety in today's game. Um <laughs> I'm just joking, guys. It, it, it was a bad game. And, you know, that leads us into this topic that uh, Alex Stumpf brought up after the game. The Pirates have now matched the St. Louis Browns uh, from 1950 to 1951, having at least five games lose by double digits. Um, and I did a little bit of research into the 1950 Uh, St. Louis Browns. We're just going by 1950 and 2022 for the Pirates. Uh, The Browns lost nine times by double digits in 1950, and the Pirates lost now seven times by double digits. Um, And we all know the worst one, the 21 to nothing. (laughs) The 21 to nothing against the Cubs, man, that leaves a a brutal, brutal sting on the season. But, I mean, we can pick out a numerous amount of times – that uh, the Pirates have been embarrassed. I mean, it's embarrassing. So, guys, uh, what do you make of all of this? I mean, is there any sort of progress happening that we aren't seeing, or is it just like, come on, it's it's Neil Huntington all over again? What's what's going on? I I think speaking on this season, just if we're just looking at 2022 season, like, it is what it is. It's kind of time just to – to, to like you're, you're getting beat down right now and you just kind of kind of suck it up and just take the beating for the for the last month and a half and just move on and and, and hope hope they grow or or make any kind of an attempt to to be better next year kind of thing um i do wonder like if we get if, if we if they get like really close to the record or to like beating that that mark can we yeah. like use the 21 to nothing score and like split it in half like it's blackjack or something? Because <laughs> that could take the games then, right? <laughs> they lost we'll take a 10-0 and an 11-0. Yeah. 
I'm loving the odds. I'm loving the odds. Yeah, man. Um, and, and, and if you look even deeper into the Pirates season, you know, just going off of what Alex was saying, um, the Pirates have participated in 30 games so far in 2022 to where they had one run or less. And almost half of those 30 games, 12, were shutout losses. I mean, there comes a point in time where you got to start calling it is what it is. It's it's shitty. This is just shitty. And, and Murph, I appreciate your love to all the the writers out there that have to watch this every yes. single day. On yes, it, I, I it, feel it's for rough. You. <laughs> it's rough <laughs> over here at Pittsburgh baseball now, but you know it it is what it is. Um, Nola, I know you know pre-record we were talking about <clears throat> excuse me josh van meter mm-hmm. uh and you had i wouldn't call it quite a big bear rant on van meter but i i would love to hear your thoughts on it man and then murph i'll have you chime in on your portion of it josh van meter <laughs> uh, i mean it's funny because i was going through like the other day, the 40 man roster and like how all these players were acquired. And I mean, he, he wasn't necessarily a waiver. I mean, he was a waiver claim technically because he was DFA'd by the Diamondbacks, but we ended up trading them, uh, Lister Sosa. I mean, a real low, low level pitcher. So it's like they gave up something for him, but it wasn't really something of value. Kind of like what was it last year when we gave up? Apostle for Dwayne Underwood Jr. to the Cubs when he was DFA'd. And uh, it just makes you wonder if that's part of why they're holding on to him. Because at least when we had Sean Rodriguez and Sean Rodriguez was getting playing all the time, it's like, all right, he at least had some defensive value. He would run into a ball every now and then, even when he was at his worst. With Van Meter, it's... I mean, he ain't hitting. He's not fielding any position well. Because second base, you think to that ball, the uh, which game was it? And he tried to backhand it. Uh, the Giants. He tried to yeah. backhand it, so they only got one out out of it. And then next batter was a two-run walk-off home run. Yeah. And then this game, you know, Keller. Routine ground ball. Yeah, I mean, he Keller was hitting a groove. It was the fourth inning. You know, he get the two-run home run in the second. He was hitting a groove. Things were going well. That would have – he had two on, two out. That would have ended the fourth inning, moved on, 2-0 game, and it just opened the floodgates. And it's kind of at a point where it's just, you know, it sucks for everybody. Like, I feel bad for Van Meter. I feel bad for Keller. I feel bad, obviously, for the fans. And it's just – you're just like, what are they thinking at this point? What What is going on? Yeah. Yeah. But, it's it's a shit show, <laughs> to yeah. say the least. And then I, uh, something else I started thinking, I guess to kind of touch on what y'all were just saying, I actually started thinking earlier today after the game, you know, because we've been hearing a lot of time, uh, a couple articles from when Tim talked to Baker and some of the other coaches, you know, they're emphasizing failing this year, you know, and learning from your failures. And it almost feels like the players are in the MLB. It's like, it's like the final boss. 
of a game. <laughs> like they're all they're all failing, and it's they gotta find a way to learn from it and grow from it. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of that phrase that Bernie Holiday has, uh, Pirates' uh, mental conditioning coach, um, embrace the suck. Uh, and the Pirates are definitely sticking true to that motto as we speak. And, and, and I feel really bad for the players. I really do, because everyone's ripping on them. And it, it, it feels like a real shitty move, but at the end of the day, you have to call a spade a spade and it, it's looking bad, man. I mean, a lot of the players aren't performing up to snuff. I mean, Reynolds has hit slumps. Hayes can't stay healthy. He's hit slumps. Uh, Kevin Newman just hit his first home run and uh, yay. Congratulations, Kevin. It's almost <laughs> the end of the season. About a year. Yeah. And it, embrace the suck boys and girls. Uh, Murph, you wanted to, you know, expand upon Nola's point on Van Meter and more specifically Derek Shelton and things of that sort. Yeah. So, like, yeah, going off of what Nola said with it, like, I, I, I feel bad for for Van Meter, like himself. It's like he's not, like he, like in in a perfect scenario, he doesn't suck like this. Like he he wants to go out there and he does his best and everything like that. It's not his fault he's not a major league caliber player. Would you really turn down major league salary to go play professional baseball? Or would you be like, hey, I kind of – I suck, so send me to the minors so I can get paid sh- shitty or not get paid at all because I don't play. I'm like, like, okay. So, like – and, like, I, like, I kind of got in a little – it wasn't really spat. It was just going back and forth really with it about Derek Shelton and all that and – don't get me wrong, like Derek Shelton probably isn't the answer at, at manager wise. He probably isn't. But to to blame him for Josh Van Meter's playing time has gone down pretty considerably the last week as well. Like yeah. they're not playing him as much. But there's going to come a time to where they'll have to play him here or there. You know, Chavis isn't going to play 162 games. So you're going to have to squeeze somebody in there and, and like, it's so Shelton's just doing, working with what he's got. And, and this is kind of just more of an indication on, on like what's Charrington's thought process with this. Like, like Nola mentioned, like having to give up somebody for him, but like the pirates invested $4 million in Yoshi Satsugo and they, they've already been okay with cutting ties with that. Polanco so too. If, if they're okay with cutting ties with the guy they 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 wrote a check for four million dollars for, I can only imagine like they've already way past any kind of time frame when they've gotten any kind of their return on a incredibly low level minor league player. So it's it's frustrating. It's hard to watch. You know, like I know Cody, you've said it a lot too that like in in doing this, we've kind of had to shift from looking this as as a fan and, and more as like you know professional wise but so like now seeing it that way it, it does suck for for the fans to like you know so much of this so much of this hope was kind of this and it's just it's just year after year and and like josh van meter didn't do anything wrong but like he's just become the unfortunate embodiment of of the failures that that 
that the whole organization's kind of going through right now. Mm-hmm. Like I like I said, it's it's it sucks for him. I feel bad for him. Let's not take it out on him because like he's not doing anything wrong. He's just going out and and, and playing, doing something that we all would love to be able to mm-hmm. do. You know, well, that's what this, this is on the front office for allowing this to continue for so long. Yeah, and that's why I kind of like I was saying to you two earlier, I just feel like they're not really putting their players in the best position to succeed no. like at this point. And I'll, I'll even go on my rant that I've been hiding for a long time. But, like, <laughs> well, I'll start it off with, you know, how everybody wants Jack Sawinski to come up. And – I don't know if it officially did today, but like his OPS is almost under 600. It was like 617, I think, when I looked by the time they ended. Batting under 200, striking out over 40% of the time. It's like, so he is showing that he still has stuff to work on. Like he's not finished. He's not polished to where he's an official ready big leaguer right now. I mean, he even went 0 for 27 before being sent down. And then expanding on that, I a couple of Marcano should not be in the big leagues. They need to work on that dude's swing mechanics. I anybody who wants to disagree with me, I'm gonna tell you: go to Fangraphs, go to the game log, and set it for June June 3rd, the day after the Dodger series and just look at his numbers. I mean, he, he barely, I don't even know if he has a 500 OPS since then and like 120 plus plate appearances. He has things. And this is, you know, kind of goes back to when we uh, had the interview with Kieran, like I have nothing against Marcano. I want him to succeed. And this is what I want to happen because I want him to succeed. I, I mean, the contact and discipline are there. But the other parts of his game are not. And the guy is not going to succeed with his game right now. So I, th- I, he is someone that I think should be in AAA working on mechanics, lifting the ball, something to try and get more out of him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, we, we've discussed that several times. And, and even to your point on Sawinski, we, we don't want Sawinski to fail. We don't want any of these players to fail. We want to see them succeed. So when we're critiquing, it's not that we're saying they suck. It's just we're saying they're going to suck right now in the majors. Keep them in the yeah. minors. Work on the shit that you need to work on. Because striking out, I think the last time I checked, it was like 41% of the time. That That's not a formula for success, especially when you're pitching against guys who've been rejected by the major league level most of the time at AAA, that's not top-tier major league talent. And I guarantee you if he was facing that brave starting rotation this series, he would have gone over. He might have ran into one. He might have. And then people would say he's the next coming of Barry Bonds because that's how Pirates Twitter works. And it's frustrating. (laughs) It's very frustrating. But let's get to – go ahead, Murph. I, know, I was just gonna say, like going, like adding to that, and this kind, this kind of like maybe combines the the Sawinski and the Van Meter and everything like that. If the front office were to put someone in place that was more of a replacement level stopgap, 
I, I think a lot more people would be okay and they would realize that how much more time Sawinski needs mm-hmm. to, to work everything out. But because you have someone like Van Meter who's taken up the roster spot, who even with how bad Sawinski was doing, isn't that much of that different of an option. That, the difference is that when Sawinski does run into one, he hits mm-hmm. it out of the ballpark. Yeah. Right. So, so, and as for as much as I like Greg Allen and he, he likes, you know, he'll make, he makes really solid contact all the time. Some bad luck and stuff like that. If, if they were just even closer to replacement level, I, I I think the patience level may be a little bit higher with guys like Sawinski because like, at least there's somebody there who's at least competent more times than not. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care if we go over the time limit here, but would a guy like Swaggerty fit that stock gap role and Jiwon Bay? I I think I think at this point in the season, with what you have, Swaggerty would probably be the best option as like a right. stop kind of thing. But like I'm thinking more of like, okay, you know that Sawinski probably isn't you know, they had to pull him straight from double A because he was like, he was the closer option. So they the brought him up. Thing, right. Up. Yeah. So, and then, you know, he ran into a bunch and got, got, um, you know, and clicked and everything like that. But if they had more suitable options, if they signed more suitable options in the off season to allow these guys to develop, and then you can do it, then we're not looking at this situation to where Sawinski came up. He obviously, like he hit 14 home runs, which is really good, which was, which is a really nice streaking head, but most of it he, he he got lucky by by the end of it. He was really struggling at the end. Mm-hmm. He, the league pushed back on him. He and he was unable to come up with an adjustment to push back himself, and that's what he's down in AAA working. Mm-hmm. If the Pirates had put a little bit more of a focus into creating a better stopgap from outside the organization, inside of the organization, whatever, then Sawinski's probably in AAA right now. Hasn't came up. You look on the pitching side of things, this whole fiasco with Ronzi Contreras going up and down and this kind of stuff doesn't happen. Because let's face it, if 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 there wasn't if the 40 man wasn't a mess going into the regular season and they had to it, the Pirates are pretty much forced to to have Contreras come out of the bullpen because they didn't have anyone else to to throw out there. And that's on the front office to to not having enough plans in place and not being prepared for something that happens. Because if they don't have to force him into the in, into the bullpen to start the season, he doesn't come up. We don't see him till June. Mm-hmm. We don't see him till June till Super Two's there, and then he just comes in and he's a part of the rotation the rest of the way. And then we we avoid all of these issues. All yeah. of them are avoided if the preparation was just better going into the season, and they were just completely unprepared by everything, which should have been the case because they had like you know, the whole off season and there's no rule five and, and all this kind of stuff. It should have been an easier off season to plan with stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it just wasn't planned properly. And like now at the end of the season, no, as you wrote on P2, like how, how it seemed like they're going to really struggle to finish the season with pitching. Yeah. And I was, and I was just going to say that. Even, and that's the position that's, players too. Yeah. They don't, and, and there's there. We went like a month or two stretch in the minors. I'm looking at these box scores at the end of the games, and the minor league teams have like one to two bench players. Mm-hmm. And, and I think like both two of the bench players were both catchers. 
I was just going to say, and I'm pretty sure three of them for Indy are catchers. Yeah. So, like, they, it, they just – they went into the season just completely unprepared and, like, like it should have and, like, you know it was going to. It blew up in their face, and now mm. they're just paying for it all now as the season winds down. And that's what – I mean, it's not like they needed – I mean, obviously, we want more uh, Brian Reynolds. Mm-hmm. But all they needed was more Ben Gamels. If they would have yeah. had more Ben Gamels, then we would have been looking at the minors like, oh, Swinsky's struggling. Ah, eh, he's not ready. Mason Martin's struggling. Ah, eh, he's not ready. Instead, it's like, yeah, but he has 20 home runs. Therefore, bring him up because we want home runs. Yeah. Gr- mm-hmm. Granted, we, they shouldn't be, like, in the position that they're in, they shouldn't be signing guys that are going to block him. Like, they, they don't need to go out there and sign somebody who, if – Sawinski comes out and hits and he shows he's ready, we can't find a spot for him because, okay, you have that guy there. That should never be the case. But to go in with having to trade an asset for Josh Van Meter just to fill out the bottom of your bench for the rest of the season, that's where the issue comes in. That's the issue with it. Or the issue I have yeah. with it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we got a little grip in there. Not gonna lie. So let's <laughs> let's get into some more happy topics, or at least more uh, bubbly topics, uh, and let's discuss our Pirates Player of the Week and change because you know we're starting this week's podcast off late. Um, I'll go last with my picks or pick, I guess I should say. Uh, Nola, let's lead off with you. You're batting lead off, man. Don't don't be like Marcano. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> should, I, should I steal someone else's pick? Um, you know, I mean, even though you said this is going to supposed to be happier, this this was tough picking out a player of the week. Yeah, uh, I was actually reminiscing about last year, you know, when we were having – it just seemed like it was the Matt Fraser award, and it's not – it's just – he was doing that good, but you had a bunch of other guys with like OPSs over a thousand, pitchers doing great, and now, um, so I went with Rodolfo Castro. Hold the phone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, because he in the in the last week seven games he has the highest OPS of the hitters at seven eighty one. Uh, two bags and two attempts. Uh. The promising part is he, he's actually had a 346 OBP in the last week. Yeah. Added a double and a home run in there. So seeing, seeing him taking walks and that that higher clip, OBP is very promising coming yep. from him. Yeah. Yeah. He's really dialed in. <laughs> I don't have a dad joke for today. So I just had to, I had to get some, some yeah, yeah. bangers in there. Oh, man. Ahead, man. <laughs> I, I should say before I say this that apparently Cody had his own parameters in player of the week that, hey, that me, and Nola, we, me and Nola went with something completely different and Cody just made up wh- whatever week he wanted to make for his <laughs> <laughs> I hit Castro as well um, he, he's just like I, I don't watch too many of the too much of the Pirates games or at least I have it on in the background while, while I'm doing other stuff but just it, it, he's just making he's just making plays right now. He's getting getting on base, hitting for power, s- has stolen a couple bases. If I I will bring up, I will add 
because I have to. I, I am I'm obligated to mention um, that outside of that really bad ending that he had his last art over the last seven days. JT Brubaker is only allowed one earned run in 12 and two thirds innings. That 13th inning that he pitched. So we'll, 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 yeah, we'll just ignore that inning altogether. But <laughs> talk about home parameters. Run. Jesus. <laughs> hey, hey, you have your rules. I have my rules. All right, man. <laughs> All right. All right. Those are some good picks. And, and, you know, last time I came out with Manny Banuelos, who pitched extremely solid uh, for the time frame that I gave out. Um, I'm going with another bullpen guy because that's my Shocker. thing. This is a bullpen guy. <laughs> my my boy is Chase DeYoung, and and all three of us know that we've talked some shit on Chase DeYoung in the minor leagues. We we've said quite a few things on him, but I mean, I gotta give him credit where credit's due. Dating back to August 16th, uh, I think it was against the Red Sox. He's pitched eight and a third innings. <laughs> Uh, walked two and only given up one hit. I mean, against the Red Sox, I think he pitched four and two thirds innings and gave up no hits. Cody's That's player of the week stuff, plus a day. Some... Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, see, look, Cody, where where normal people come from, a week is seven days. <laughs> hey, I said change and change <laughs> went before we said anything. I don't want to hear shit. Okay, change. I gave my one cent, put it in there because uh, you had to. You had to get rid of. You had to black out that thirteenth inning. So. But it was. But it still <laughs> happened within the last seven days. I hey, you doctored I shit. I, I doctored shit. Day. It's okay. Most I, most people I, have I, heard I, of the I, Baker's I, does, and we have the Cody Week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a bullpen guy. I gotta give. I gotta give uh, some leeway there. Um, next time you hear a podcast from us will be Saturday and we will give out our minor league player of the week and change. Remember, and change. So we're going with it's Cody. It's okay week. to add it. Yeah. It's okay to add can a I day just, or two. Uh, so I can add just whatever I want to it, right? To, yeah, to why, it. why not? Man. Why not? Um, <laughs> But, you know, before we end the show, boys, is there uh, anything else you'd like to add uh, before we wrap it up? Please make Carmen Majinski a reliever. Yes. <laughs> yes, I've been saying that for how long? Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. And, yeah. And that, that, was a, that was a gutsy ending from Solomito at the end of his last start, too. I'll say that. Even though he created that himself. He made that. He made that. He made, kind of put himself in a jam. He got himself out of it. Oh yeah, and then Bubba that play too. Some people trying to say yeah. that wasn't athletic. I, I guess just, I don't want to understand that. All I know is I was thinking about it today. I'm gonna be very up. I'm already getting upset for next year. Yeah, Greensboro. Yeah, that's gonna. Be yeah, we upset. we need to get on Greensboro now. I'm just gonna move there. <laughs> or move them to West Virginia, like we talked about, Nola. Have have them in Fredericksburg, the Nats team just swap. Just put them up just put them right in my back door. That would be awesome. Or we can move a team back to New Orleans. That'd be great. Nah, I'm good. Baby cakes. That's too far. Okay. Too far. Well, guys, that does it for another episode of Two and a Half Gringos. Uh 
I would definitely appreciate a follow on Twitter at 2HG013. You can follow all my work on Pittsburgh Baseball Now. Uh, great team of writers with Danny D and John Parada uh, and Griffin Floyd, who is coming on strong, uh, taking him under all of our wings and showing him the ropes. Great guy. Um, yeah, Murph, go ahead and give out your social, man. As always, give me a follow at double underscore Murphy 88. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. The link's in the bio of the Twitter page. You can find my work on Pirate Prospects. You can follow them at Pirate Prospects. I am in complete control, apparently, of the Friday's article drop on Pirate Prospects. I Let's go. I'm about to pull an all-nighter to get most of this stuff done. I am really excited. Make sure you check it out. Absolutely. Louisiana Ted, give them your social and tell them what you're working on, man. Hey, my, my, my social? My, yeah, I can't give social. that out. You okay on my social security number? It's uh, at Nola Jeffy, N-O-L-A-J-E-F-F-Y. Yes, yes. And be sure to follow his daily discussions on Pirates Prospects. Yep, daily discussions. The uh, M-O-M-I-L-B preview article comes out on Tuesdays. We have, what, only like four of those left, though. Yep. So get them while they're hot. Get them while they're hot, guys. But as always, we love you very much. And uh, I know we're not going to get this right. Let's, gonna... <laughs> Let's go, Bucks. Let's go, you Bucks. didn't even do it. You guys suck.